welcome to this series, uh, which we're calling The Big Picture. And the idea is to have uh, very open and candid conversations with our entrepreneurs, our advisors, our mentors. And it's in that context that I really wanted to uh, spend some time with you, understanding both your journey to founding the company, uh, Servify, and then really talk about what the ups and downs have been like uh, this year the year of the of the pandemic and by the way i call you when i describe you to my friends and and, and colleagues and others in the vc business i call you a force of nature right a force <laughs> of nature because because come what may you push right ahead and and that's some of what um, you know i'd love to capture today in this in this conversation so without further ado let me just dive right in so tell me about uh, you know the journey to to founding the company. What what caused you to uh, to go after Servify? And my understanding is that you know you you have some domain experience as well. So perhaps you saw some gaps. Just take me through that journey. First of all, thank you very much, uh, Monjit, for your time. And as I actually think about this, twenty two years ago when I came to the city in Mumbai. I never thought I would be actually running a company, which is now scaled significantly also. And thanks to all of you who have also funded. You know, when I came uh, to Mumbai uh, in 1998, my first data point was actually visiting a customer uh, back in Mumbai in uh, Sayan Dharavi, which was the slum, where he had a 100 square feet house and he had literally no place to keep his gadgets or TVs and appliances back then. And this guy, when I entered and I introduced myself as somebody representing BPL, which was the then Apple of India, and he was telling, I paid so much money and this TV in three days is not working. So I want money. Otherwise, I'll not let you go. And that was my data point number one, because I requested him and I said, give me five minutes. Let me try. And luckily, it was just a short connection. And, you know, I fixed it. And in those five minutes, I could see him literally from shouting to praising and saying that I'm a NASA engineer. You can imagine that's what customer service is all about. So I think that was my data point number one. And if you have to think of today, even today, unfortunately, in many cases, you have to demand service, what you rightfully deserve. And I think that's exactly what my business model is, right? So deliver the service. And that's where you have the apples of the world, Amazons of the world, where you don't have to, you expect basic things to happen. And in many others, you have to literally demand. I mean, think of a refrigerator failing in your home or a, Right. air conditioner or a TV. And if the guy comes, you're saying, wow, we are so lucky he came home. So I think that's where the market is. And that's how my journey as a professional began. And I thought this is an opportunity that we need to solve. And it's a huge enough opportunity to really go after. And that's what we are doing as a company. So I think that's a little background from then to now. So it's been an interesting evolution. And I'm sure evolution in your thinking as well. But you know what, this um, uh you know this pandemic right in in 2020 has has definitely created significant uh, headwinds for for a lot of entrepreneurs right and and, and i know that i know that servify went through its set of issues and it hasn't it hasn't been just you know up and to the right so talk talk a little bit about you know in the context of 2020 um, what sort of challenges did you face early on and and how were you able to sort of come out of that uh, and 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 turn that into a into a positive. Sure, I think you know uh, if you ask me, it's been crazy for everybody, right? The impact was felt everywhere. So, but I think uh, if you ask me, since we are in an enterprise model uh, of our business, mm. I think it didn't really impact much because at the end of the day, 
you're working with your partners who also lost business and want to get back. But I think the biggest uh, learning for us, uh, and thanks to the way we built our business model, and that's the reason I call it a structurally different and not really competitive uh, advantage, but a structural advantage, is we decided to go after partnerships with OEMs and white label are offering. And uh, that is with technology as a layer, as a differentiator. So when we created that digital business model, uh, I think the biggest change that we saw thanks to the pandemic, of course, you know, not in the uh, in that sense, but in the opportunity in the adversity was more than the consumer. We saw the channels adopting digital transactions, uh, so which only helped us. So if you ask me, just to give probably a few you know examples, let us say there is a retailer who has 500 stores and they had 5,000 people sitting at home doing nothing. And the only way they could keep them engaged was at least going after the customers that they had acquired in the last few years. They could at least keep some engagement, but they had no technology other than a static website. Mm. So the moment we brought them that white-labeled efforts and they could do some business of selling a warranty, extended warranty, but it was better than nothing, right? At least they thought that they could engage their, keep, uh, you know, keep their customers and uh, employees engaged rather than even getting any money out of it. And what happened was they started seeing money. And suddenly they said, hey, this is something that can get us, because there is no investment, it is virtual product, right? At the end of the day, our services is a future commitment-based virtual model service. So they said, hey, there is no investment required. All that I have to do is some effort of convincing the customer, which they were anyway good at. And there is a digital channel that can make all of that in a click of a button. So which means zero investment, they could immediately see some results and they could keep their customers and people engaged. So I think we saw a significant channel shift or behavior in, uh, behavior shift of the channel rather than the consumer because people were anyway used to online purchases and they were only probably getting more comfortable now. But I think for us, what helped was the channel that was the real influencer in our kind of business. So that really helped. So uh, in fact, uh, as you may already know now, since you are our investors, we had our best months in the last three months and hopefully uh, September will be our best month again. We are almost back to pre-COVID days. You know, very interesting. There are a couple of things that you mentioned. One is uh, opportunity in adversity. And the yeah. other thing is I, I could sense that there was this passion around your partners, like the the, the OEMs. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you said the, the June, July, August, and hopefully September are now the best months in the in the history of the uh, of the company. So maybe a, a couple of minutes on actual execution nuggets. Meaning that were there systems, processes that you changed internally at Servify to make sure that you were ready, that as and when this scale started to happen, that uh, that you could execute? If you can just sure. start in a couple of minutes on that. So I think when we started building this platform from day one, I think one of the advantages is because most of us came from a very large corporate, large scale operational experience already. So I think a lot of foundational aspects that we built, whether it was the technology platform or the way we uh, really anticipated a business was keeping scale in mind. So I think it didn't really, uh, you know, we didn't have to do a lot from what we otherwise had already built. But yes, what we did was creating those small little quick wins where we said, if, you know, especially I can tell you, I'm extremely finicky. The font has to be nine number aerial. It has to be everywhere. I can be too finicky about things, right? But I said, hey, this is the need of the hour. It can be 10 at some places. So be it. Let's, let's just roll it out because what matters is Sanda. Right. So I think uh, that was the only flexibility probably the team had. But otherwise, uh, I would say that we had built a, 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 a large, largely scalable platform, keeping scale in mind. 
and we knew that it's just a matter of time uh, we didn't know that the adoption would be so quick or the numbers would be so quick uh, uh, but we already knew it and knowing our investor you know already our uh, numbers and business plans which we also didn't have a very good quarter just before the pandemic you know that because we already knew that numbers would start coming in probably 6 months before it only uh, uh, happened probably during pandemic because people really saw the value much more than they could have seen or probably this was a priority area then uh, 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 not a such a priority then to now i think it just was a matter of time so we didn't have to do too much not reinvent the wheel but i think it was just a small little nudges so look i mean yeah. all the all the the momentum that you've generated in the last few months clearly has been rewarded by uh by by investors and so you know you have been able to actually get traction with investors during this pandemic uh in terms of you know raising uh new capital uh etc and so how have you been able to manage that in this in this uh, you know remote connectivity pro- you know uh, environment where you can't actually meet the investors and so on so talk about that how have you been able to to keep the momentum going with with new investors so i think uh, you should be actually answering that as one of the bigger biggest believers of our business because you are the one who actually believed in it and continue to believe and started uh, you know also followed up with your investment but i think uh, one thing is very very clear especially you know coming from a not so great quarter to a very good quarter when your business and numbers are talking you don't have to do anything you don't have to physically meet i think it automatically speaks for itself but i think one of the biggest learnings for me uh, as a founder as an entrepreneur and also as a human being i think is in our business what was difficult was the language in which we were explaining our business model to the investors i think they were all trying to bucket us as e-commerce operations service distribution insurance they were not really getting it and it's it's not their fault because there was no such business that was actually so complex in the sense that we built it so differently because it was not so sexy i think we are operationally intense business but with no assets on the ground so it's like people are saying okay you are you are saying you do 3 million transactions but you have five people operations team how is that possible so you are a software no 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 we are not a software because we own the customer experience how does that work so i think you know that was where we struggled explaining our business model but i think as the market evolved people have seen uh you know the numbers are already proving i think that's been the reason why we have active investor interest but i think uh, you know i don't want to take away this uh, opportunity also it's certainly you and anand who actually backed us when we were beaten the worst i think you agreed to follow us and say that you are building something large something scalable we know that you have a bad quarter that's not going to last long and you are the first one to take that bet and i think it's just a matter of time that others are seeing that bet and really saying hey there was there was a pioneer who agreed and you are you are actually the pioneers in building our kind of business so i can't uh, thank you enough uh, chief this is this is just coming from heart no we we appreciate that uh, genuinely and believe me i mean it's it's entrepreneurs like you who make us look good and so yeah. we haven't done much it's all it's all uh, you know folks like yourself so so give yourself a pat on the back to to actually be able to come out of that uh you know th- that negative quarter and uh, and and really uh, you know create momentum here so one yeah. final question because uh, mm-hmm. there will be you know entrepreneurs who who hear this or watch this uh, interview what are what are two or three nuggets of advice that you would give them um they may be struggling to raise money they may be thinking about launching a company e- even in 2020 
what are two or three things that you've learned through your journey as an entrepreneur over the past several years that you would like to you know talk to them about? I will go back to very fundamental aspect. So in in our uh, business, in our uh, office also, if you uh, I, I know you've not visited for a long time now, and I don't know when will be the next time that you'll be able to travel. So we have something called as we started with something called as six C's, which we now made it eight C's uh, thanks to coronavirus also becoming one more C. Uh, but it all talks about certain very fundamental learnings of our lives, right? So for me, the first C is actually curiosity. So if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be always curious, not just an entrepreneur, everybody, because when you're curious, you learn some things. I think that's where we have to let go our egos. And I mean, we are all thinking as founders, especially we think we are superstars. We know it all. I think we have to accept that we don't know it all. <laughs> we have to learn because when you have curiosity, you get clarity. And that's a second C for me, right? And if you have conviction, which is what I can tell you with all honesty, that this is exactly what kept us alive in this pandemic because we were having super solid conviction because that's my biggest funding round. Conviction is, I, I cannot tell you how big a funding round that is for me and some of the team members because we are having solid conviction this will work. This has to work. It may be a matter of time. So I think things like these are very fundamental for me. I think that's the lesson I would actually pass on to fellow entrepreneurs that have conviction, keep learning, don't have egos. And, you know, there are a lot of people who know more than you. So you have to actually build a great set of your own network, could be a leadership team, could be a network of advisors, could be friends where you keep learning. So I think people first and keep learning is something that I would always say. So that's number one. Number two, one of the things that I really learned which I never thought I will learn as part of our you know, uh, uh, entrepreneur journey, is during this time, we realized that it is all about emotional strength as well. So for me, especially when you're running an organization where you have 80% of people uh, with an average age of 22, 23, young, smart techies, it's emotional intelligence that really matters because they have the highest level of IQ. It is the EQ that really matters, right? You need to manage them mm -hmm. because... Imagine they are made to sit inside a house for four months. How difficult it is for them, especially with their lifestyles that they are used to, so independent, having access to every kind of fun that they want to do. Suddenly they are made to sit with their parents for three months. I can imagine there are so many cases where, you know, I have spoken to so many people in our own company and that's something entrepreneurs should do. I think that's again something where you have to get down to their levels to be them and really coach them. I think for me, therefore, again, a phrase that I use in our conversations is IQ is important and we've all crossed as entrepreneurs now. And it is EQ, but for me, it is even one more level, which is along with EQ, have emotional and empathy as well. I think that's where you have to get down to their levels while you have the emotional quotient, but have empathy because they need support. I think something like this, if ever it has to happen, I think the founders have to be very, very empathetic and keep their people first and do everything that is required. So just could be communication, speak to them every day possible and mm -hmm. just keep them, keep them engaged. I think uh, that's something that I would really uh, call it as a requirement in these kind of environments for entrepreneurs. So well said, Thank my you. friend. Hey, it's, it's always a pleasure uh, to speak with you. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for your time. Be well, stay safe. And again, thanks for uh, incredible words of wisdom. Take care. Thank you, Chief. Thank you very much. Thanks for this opportunity. It's been awesome to talk to you always. I hope to catch up and have a coffee with you soon. Of course. Take care. Thank you, Chief.